0: It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. It's all tightening up at the top of the Big Ten with five teams within a game in the loss column in the standings and a month ago in the season. I'm Kyle Charters. Drew Charters here as well for the Big Baseball Podcast. We will break all of that down and much more and talk to Iowa coach Rick Heller about his surging Hawkeyes. Iowa has won five of its last six games. In the Big Ten, including winning a series, a big one in Piscataway over the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Man, that was a great series, and Iowa has put themselves right in the race. The other thing, Drew, we need to get into a little bit is some of these schedules down the stretch, because the unbalanced schedules make it so some teams might have a little bit easier path to a Big Ten title. We will discuss that, what we think, who we think might have. The easiest path of those five teams, five teams. I know. Drew, it was like two shows ago that we were like, there are only two teams. Like it's going to be records and Maryland. Yeah, and then know, there's everybody else. What
1: are we going to talk about for the rest of this podcast? Oh, <laughs> oh. wow. There's, there's more teams. We added like you add in <laughs> Michigan and
0: then all of a sudden, oh, Illinois is never going to lose again. Add in the Illini. Oh, Iowa decided to, uh, to get healthy. Finally. And and that pitching staff. Yeah. Hello. All right, so we'll uh we'll break all of that down and talk to uh Rick Heller, the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Always enjoy talking to him, so we'll get to that during the podcast. All right, uh first of all, uh before we get into this, you got a big game on Saturday, is that what I hear? Oh, big game, opener, one. game
1: one. Game one. Yeah, yes. you're you you're six team looking good. We are. We had our first uh inter squad scrimmage yesterday. Last night. <laughs> yeah. Went well. We went through a whole – so the rules of this league are until Mother's Day, you – three pitches off the pitching machine. If you strike out, you just go to the tee. After Mother's Day, there's no more tee involved. This is big kid baseball. Yeah, big time. Big time, big kid baseball. And uh, we went through two straight innings yesterday in the scrimmage. No tee. Whoa.
0: Yeah. So here's my question. You're going on the Iowa trip for me yes because you take one road trip a year generally and you're, you're so you're going over to Iowa City does that mean do I, do I fill in as the head
1: coach of the well, the you, baseball team you could they may be looking for some help I <laughs> uh you have been a terrible uncle in regards to t-ball and baseball I don't yeah. believe you uh attended a game last year so in order to be a head coach or an assistant coach or even help you have to come to a game yeah that's step one
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh I might be able to do that maybe
0: this weekend <laughs> Uh all right let's let's jump into this. Could your team take 2 of 3 from Rutgers as Iowa did over the weekend. The Hawkeyes uh winning the first two games and then losing in the third 23 and 13 now overall 8 and 4 in the Big 10. That's just a game back in the loss column of three teams Rutgers, Maryland and Illinois. But, man, Drew, you look at that series, and those two victories, Adam Mazer and Connor Schultz, who's back in the rotation after having some shoulder issues, combine for 16 innings and allow only a run with 17 strikeouts. Oh, man, that is as good a 1-2. When those two are dialed in against that offense for Rutgers, pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, mazer has been solid all season. He's going to be in the conversation at the end of the year, I, I believe, for a Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. Uh, his last two games alone, Mazer, that is, sixteen innings, twenty-two strikeouts. Yeah, not bad. Uh that's incredible. And and Connor Schultz gets you know, back rolling. He seems to be healthy. Uh he left uh the game on February twenty-sixth. He's been battling through shoulder injury
0: uh-huh.
1: uh through the bullpen, but he has started now three straight weeks. Uh the first week he just threw an inning, they were sort of easing him yeah. back in. Uh, But uh, Connor, the transfer from Butler, uh, his last three starts, 13 and two-thirds innings, six hits, a run, 11 strikeouts, and three walks. He seems to be back. And when he's back, that one-two punch, it's going to be really hard down the stretch. Yeah, they've had him on a pitch count as he comes back. You mentioned the
0: one inning. Then I think he threw about 60 pitches in his next start. And he threw 80-plus on Saturday, but he managed to do that over eight innings. innings. That's incredible. Yeah. So he was... He was highly efficient here's the number there's a lot of numbers about iowa that stick out the one to me that jumps off the page their pitching staff is allowing opponents to only hit 193
1: yeah the entire as a staff.
0: team that is hugely impressive it tells you that a they have two guys at the top of that rotation when healthy are really good but not only that you know got Dylan Medved who's coming in as closing started a few games this year because of some of the injury situation they had back in his closing role I mean you you just go down the list they've got a bunch of guys who can they, they can throw out there who are very good
1: and we we talked uh last week about this really being an important series for both Iowa and Rutgers because it was their you know each of those teams it was their last chance to play somebody uh, with a pretty good RPI right yeah. so uh Iowa takes 2 of 3 uh, against Rutgers who um I think Rutgers is sitting at uh I had this written down. Why you uh, look at that? 54. Yeah. right now. And you know you look ahead at Iowa's schedule and you talk about that you know holding the opponents to uh under 200 batting average. They play Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State and Indiana mm-hmm. the remaining schedule a combined record of 15 and 29.
0: Yeah, and we'll jump into that. That's going to be one of those schedules that we're looking yeah. at here over the last month. Now they have played less games in the Big Ten than some others because they had their uh, buy earlier, so they have to play you know make up some games here. But uh, that's an interesting schedule. One note: I'm not overly concerned about Rutgers. One note about the Scarlet Knights: Nick Samillo, the catcher, who's you know probably all Big Ten catcher and maybe the player of the year in the yeah. conference. He has not played in four straight games, so Rutgers in those four games is 1-3 and day-to-day with what, I I don't know, did you see the injury? I just saw saw it described as a minor injury, so hopefully he will be back soon, but uh, certainly worth noting about Rutgers without uh, its best player for the last week. All right, Maryland wins two of three at Illinois. I thought in particular for the Terrapins, these were the two big series of the weekend. Right. For Maryland, I thought impressive that you come back after getting just boat raced in game one, 19-1. You're coming back the next day. I always think it's difficult to win two games, especially against a good team in a day. So Illinois-Maryland moved up. We had some rain that came through the Midwest. Uh, Luckily for Purdue here at home, it came a little bit later in the afternoon on Sunday. Uh, But uh, they moved that up to doubleheader on Saturday. I think it's hard. It's hard to win two games. It's hard to win two games against anybody in the same day, especially a good team like Illinois. But for Maryland to come back, and then it had some issues in game two, gave up three runs in the bottom of the ninth of that game, and sent it to extras, and they, you know, responded immediately and and won in the tenth. Um, And then you have Jason Savakul, who wasn't quite as sharp as he usually is, but even not quite as sharp still means eight innings worked. So, um you know, impressive. I think for the Terrapins to come back and get two of three.
1: Yeah, they ran into a little trouble in Game Three, also. So this was, you know, they fell behind three nothing right away in Game Three to yeah. Illinois. So if you're if you're Illinois, you know, you you feel like you walk away feeling like you played a pretty good weekend, even though you lost yeah. the series. You know, you played one of the top teams in the Big Ten. You smoked them in Game One. You came a run short, you know, in a in a comeback in right. Game Two. And then you had an early lead in Game 3, uh, so, you know, you sort of feel like you had Maryland on the ropes there, even though, uh, you know, you come away a little frustrated and disappointing that you lost the series. Yeah. Maryland's now 9-3, and three, tied in the loss column with Illinois and Rutgers. So let's
0: jump in here, Drew, and, and take a look at the standings, because it's more bunched up than what we anticipated. Hey, newsflash, we were wrong. Uh <laughs> Rutgers is a half game up on Illinois, twelve and three. Illinois uh, eleven and three. Uh, Maryland is nine and three. Iowa and Michigan are both eight and four. You know, with some games they both have, um, and Maryland has the you know complete uh, four games, four series against Big Ten opponents here to wrap things up. But man, so every I I like to look at things in terms of the loss column when you haven't played an equal number of games. Um, so everybody within a game right. in the last column, uh, you know, we, you got to look at it a little bit from a schedule point of view, because it is an imbalanced schedule. And so which one of these teams is ultimately going to win the big 10 regular season, man, it's hard not to be attracted to Iowa's schedule. You know, the, the, you mentioned it earlier, the Hawkeyes, um, playing at Nebraska, which is a rivalry you no, know, if the Cornhuskers are going to, they have some stuff to play for too, making the Big Ten tournament. Right, but if Nebraska is going to uh, push back a little bit on the season, maybe this is the weekend it does it. It's a rivalry. You know, the weather should be nice. Be great crowds in Lincoln. So I don't think that Nebraska, even though the record is poor, is a pushover by any means. Purdue at home at Michigan State. Man, the Spartans. Oh, since the early season when we thought. Michigan State was going to be a player in the big ten, has just turned the wrong direction, and then Indiana, which uh has struggled to to pitch the ball near the strike zone, the combined record out of those four teams in the big ten of fifteen and twenty nine but I don't think it's as easy as just saying Iowa is the team because of the schedule because there are some others that you look at that uh that that have a little bit of a break, if you will, yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at Illinois, I would argue that they're just as a, as attractive a schedule coming home here than Iowa is. You've got
0: well, and the other part of this before you finish is that Rutgers, Illinois, excuse me, Rutgers yeah. and Maryland play each other. They all play each other. And Michigan and Rutgers and Michigan and Maryland play each other. So really, we're talking about two schedules here. Yes. Illinois basically. and Iowa, because
1: all the others play each other. And, Correct. Uh, yep. You know, that's, there's no easy route there for those three because they're battling each other. Correct. So Continue. You got Illinois, who's 11 and 3 right now. You are at IU this weekend. IU coming off a series victory against Nebraska, uh, but they've had their struggles this season. Then Illinois's got a bye week. Uh, I didn't write down who they play, but a uh, non conference weekend. And then they're against Nebraska, who just lost 2 of 3 to IU, and then at Penn State. So nine more games for Illinois, sitting at 11 and 3. To me, that schedule looks very good for them down the stretch to Mm -hmm. uh, make a run at this thing, with everybody else battling each other.
0: How many of those three series are at home? One. Okay.
1: Because they're really good at home.
0: I mean, I know they lost right. two of three to Maryland, but uh, I think those are the
1: first two big. And games. I would argue that Nebraska is the better team out of the three left. IU, Nebraska, and Penn State—they've got the better of the three teams at home. Yeah, yeah, that's a good
0: point. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and as we mentioned, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan—all playing each other—they're going to be losses there. So if you're if you're Illinois and you have nine games left, if you go seven and two. Yeah. That's, that that is up to nine, right?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> doing, the, I'm <laughs> doing the more math. So you're 18 and five. Yeah. I, Got yeah. it. Nailed it.
0: Good job. <laughs> we'll give you an award. Big math. Um,
1: That would be... I don't know that that would be beatable. That wouldn't be beatable, would it? With Rutgers having Maryland and Michigan left, they're going to... Well, I don't know. I mean, they've got 3 losses now. Are they going to lose they're going to lose 3. You're saying they're going to lose 3 of those?
0: Well, they have another series in there as well.
1: Right. Yeah, uh, so I'm not banking on them sweeping Ohio State,
0: which you yeah, can never bank yeah. on that. You shouldn't bank on a sweep, but yeah, I right. hear what you're saying. I don't know. It does. Yeah, I think I, you know, I I looked at Iowa and thought, "Man, but they do have that extra series." Uh, it's hard not to look at Illinois and be like, "Yeah, if they go 7 and 2, even if they go six and three, I think they're putting some pressure on those other teams. all right, let's hit uh big bat and big arm our awards for this week drew, why don't you uh why don't you start us off here?
1: We'll start with big arm and Champaign, illinois Cole Kershipper, who is a staple for this segment <laughs> uh getting, and a victory versus Maryland nineteen to one victory. Uh Kershipper threw six innings, just a couple of hits a run. He struck out eight. Uh Indiana, Bradley Bramer, uh got an eight-to-one victory over Nebraska. He also went six innings, three hits, a run, three walks, and eleven strikeouts uh for Bramer in that one for Indiana. And then uh Minnesota, Sam Ireland, another familiar name uh for us in this a bunch. Gets a victory against the Nittany Lions, 7-3. to Ireland went seven innings, four hits, a couple of runs. He did walk four, but he struck out nine.
0: All right, I got two guys for Northwestern, two guys for Iowa. Michael Farinelli for the uh, Wildcats went eight and a third in a victory over Michigan State. Seven hits, gave up just a run. He only struck out three. He walked one. Sean Sullivan the next day went seven and two-thirds. Gave up just a run on four hits with four strikeouts in a victory. The two guys for Iowa, though, man, you know, Adam Mazur is, is the, uh, the worse of the two, right? I, I guess, even though you could build an argument, maybe he was better, uh, eight innings. He did strike out 11, which is a higher number than his teammate, but six hits. He gave up a run. Uh, the run just killed him. He got a victory over Rutgers, but Connor Schultz, man, 85 pitches to go eight innings. He allowed just two hits. He walked one struck out six no runs man just an incredible start for schultz and
1: so he is the big arm for this week bats who you got we'll start with justin janice for illinois who get this he's in the game one and game two he's seven for nine nine runs scored seven rbis he's got two home runs a double a triple he gets up to his first plate appearance in game number three hit by pitch leaves the game due to, mm. due to injury, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. uh still a good weekend for Janice and Illinois. Uh Luke Schlager for Maryland. Uh just in we'll just talk about one game here. Two for five, a couple of runs scored three RB highs. He had the he had the go ahead RBI double in that extra inning game between uh Illinois and Maryland. Uh he ended with uh one home run and that uh go ahead double. Uh, Josh Pine for Indiana was seven for 14, three runs scored, seven RBIs. He had three doubles, a triple, a home run on the weekend. Uh, and then Penn State, Billy Gerlott, uh didn't have a great st- stat weekend as far as all three games because he didn't play a whole lot, but he had two home runs on the weekend, and that includes a pinch hit, three-run home run in the eighth inning uh, to give the Nittany Lions a 6-5 to five lead, which carried through to the victory in game three there. Uh, for the Penn State.
0: All right, I've got way too many guys, so I'm going to zip through these quickly. Nebraska, uh, Griffin Everett had seven runs driven in, a home run, three doubles. Peyton Williams for for Iowa, the big game for him really was the midweek game. He had five runs driven in. He had two doubles, a triple, a home run, and a single. So he hit for the cycle on a five-for-five five day in the middle of the week. For Northwestern, Ethan O'Donnell was solid, six runs, six RBI. He hit three home runs over the weekend for the Wildcats. Mitch Jeb, five games played for Michigan State. He had a couple of home runs and six runs driven in. Zach D'Azenzo had a a big weekend for Ohio State against Michigan. Eight for 19, eight runs, nine runs driven in, uh, four doubles, and three home runs. But the guy we're going to give it to uh, is Joe Stewart for Michigan. Uh, He had a big weekend, really one big game. Look, in the other two games that Michigan played against Ohio State, he was one for 10. However... (laughs) In game two, this is crazy. He was four for six with four (laughs) runs scored, 11 runs driven in, and three home runs. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty good month, let alone one (laughs) game. game. So Joe Stewart is our big bat for it this week because he had a big stick against uh, Ohio State on, uh, on Saturday. Pretty impressive. 11 runs. Driven in. All right, uh, let's get to our conversation with Rick Heller, the ninth-year head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017, The Hammer. Let's bring in Iowa coach Rick Heller in his ninth season with the Hawkeyes. And, man, playing well uh, right now, to say the least. Up to 23 and 13 on the season, 8 and 4 in the Big Ten. 8 and 4 in the Big Ten, having won five of the last six, including what was just a gigantic series over the weekend in Piscataway, as the Hawkeyes take two of three from the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. First of all, Rick, I appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast, as always. And, man, you, you got to be excited about how your team is playing, especially after a big weekend series at Rutgers.
2: Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Um yeah I'm definitely happy uh the the, the last ten games um uh, things have settled in for us um it's been a crazy year with a lot of uncontrollables on on the the injury front and we're still dealing with it. I just think that we've dealt with it so long that um that next man up mentality has really sunk in with our guys and that's why we've we've had uh, a good run here is that some guys have just stepped in and Uh, and played really well for us and um, you know guys like will muffler who wasn't playing a lot early will's been really playing playing well for us uh, these last 10 games and ben tallman has established himself as our starting catcher and 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 doing a great job with our pitching staff and controlling the running game but also you know hitting 323 over the last 10 games and um, ben wilmus a true freshman you know had to play third base uh, a good chunk of uh those ten games with um Brendan Scher, um Andy Nelson and Sam Honeauer, all three guys that really trained at third were out, uh and and, and Ben had never even really worked out over there and, and stepped in and, you know, he did an awesome job, had some big hits against Minnesota. So just everybody, you know, really stepping up and and finding a way to get it done and, and playing good baseball and uh and then of course our pitching our pitching situation has, uh, finally gotten to a point where, uh, at least right now it is where we want it. Um, you know, we had our number two guy go down Connor Schultz in week three and the fifth inning of week three with some shoulder issues. Mm. And, um, we really didn't know what to do, you know, because Dylan Nedvich one of the best closers in the big 10 and has been for, for a couple of years. And, um, uh, he had trained in the early season to be a starter just in case so uh, we hated to take him out of the back end but we did put him in the starter role he did a great job in the starters role um, uh, but we we really struggled at the end of some games and and uh, gave some away uh, in you know in those first six weeks that you wish you had back um, and then uh, adam Mazur, who's pitching on Fridays now for us and just pitching outstanding pitched um, just the last two weeks, he's been absolutely dominant against Minnesota and Rutgers yeah. on on Friday night. I mean, really good, really, really good. But he got line drived He got line driven in the hip uh, against uh, Wichita State in the Frisco tournament, and it didn't knock him out of the rotation, but it it, it really messed him up. And hmm. he was he was having a hard time going much more than three or four innings. He got a lot of fatigue where where it had hit him in the hip, and he would just kind of boom. He'd just lose it. Um, so, we ended up having to move him out of Friday and move Nedvitt into Friday and then move him back to saturday yeah uh but but now um Schultz has been back he pitched a gym uh he in my opinion probably be the big ten pitcher of the week um for his outing against Rikers. He went eight innings didn 't give up a run uh he was only at eighty pitches in eight innings, and the team was all booing me uh, <laughs> when I decided not to send him out we we scored we scored quite a few runs in yeah in the top uh uh in the yeah in the in the in the ninth and and um the guys wanted him to go out and get a shutout, but he's just building up he he'd only thrown sixty pitches uh last week against Minnesota he went eighty this week and just didn't feel like with the shoulder situation we wanted to mess with that and anyway what what a great outing by him, but we're able to put Nedvid back in the bullpen is the gist of the story and then uh with Nedvid and um Ben Butel and Duncan David who have been pitching great out of the pen, that really stabilizes uh, the games late for us. And then Brody Breck has been trending in a really good place uh, as well, which gives us another option.
0: Yeah, he's the two-way player, right? I mean, he's playing two-way. Yeah. By I, By that I mean he plays football, and he's yeah. playing, playing baseball for you guys. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. You've done that a little bit uh, over the years, of course, with McCaffrey and Mm -hmm. you know having some some multi-sport type of guys is it working out okay having a a football player pitch for you
2: well yeah it's working out fine Um, I mean I think both of us probably being selfish wish we had him more Um, you know I didn't we we didn't have a chance to to do much with Brody in the fall uh, until football was over and um, you know for a freshman that fall is really important as far as a lot of things, you know, a lot of development happens and during that time and he missed out on all of that and um he's he's done a great job of recovering and and um you know picking things up as best he can and then he still tries to do a little football obviously um a couple days a week in the mornings with them and um, but it's worked out it's worked out about as well as could be expected to this point and you know, like I said, uh, Brody's starting to, to get more comfortable and be in more control of himself on the mound and uh, he's had he's had some pretty good outings, um, you know, the last three times, four times he's been out there and uh you know, when you got a guy as talented as Brody, you know, I mean he throws a hundred miles an hour and breaking stuff is just, you know, filthy um when he's in the zone and, and it's just gotten so much better from yeah. the first half uh, you know, to now. Uh it's it's night and day where he's at. So really uh, excited about the future but also, you know, being able to have a chance to to hopefully, increase his role as we head down the stretch. Yeah, I think
0: with the context of of knowing, uh, you know, why Schultz was sort of bouncing around there in the in the bullpen, which Drew and I had speculated, what was going on there? Because he had pitched so well those first couple of weekends, and you know, knowing Mazer's been banged up a little bit as well, it just makes your pitching numbers all the more impressive. I mean, those two guys against Rutgers each go eight innings. Mazer gives up a run, which I guess is the makes Mm -hmm. him the the worst of the two performances (laughs) (laughs) even though he strikes out 11 over eight innings but there are some numbers on your pitching staff that that really stand out beside or along with those two you're as a team this this is remarkable to me as a team only allowing opponents to hit 193 which to me is I mean that is if you see one or two guys on your staff that are holding the opponent under 200 I think that's you know, that's yeah. probably telling that those one or two guys are pretty good, but when you're doing that as a team, it's telling you that your staff is, is uh is good and pretty deep too.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I mean we do we do have a lot of talent on our staff. Um, you know, that's the good side of it. You know, we've had some some battles with uh, you know, command free bases with wild pitches, those types of things that have got us in trouble. Um as As we've had to go with more guys um than you normally would go with because of the injuries and the guys who were down, but it also gave those guys experience um it it definitely bodes well uh you know for the future and next year uh as those guys grow and 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 mature and get through a summer and and come back um you know a lot more mature um than they are now but I mean you can see that the stuff is definitely there and and it's really improved that's why we've been on a good roll we haven't been we haven't been given the free bases away uh like we were early and 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 quite frankly you know it just was it was it was really strange because you know we would be punching all these guys out and not giving up a lot of hits but you know we we were losing games when we out hit people and Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if you, it, it's really, it's really, you know, you do do as long as I have it, 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 it's hard to simplify it anymore. I mean, if you look at who wins the, the free bases war and the pitch count war each inning, uh, it pretty much tells you who's going to win the game. And we just weren't doing a good job uh, in that area. We were sloppy, um, weird, weird things were happening, weird mistakes, a, a bobble here, you know, just not making a play that would yeah. change the game and going through that, that part of it and you know to this point uh here the last 10 to 15 games we've really cleaned things up and then like we talked about earlier with uh having dillon back in the bullpen um you know we're giving the ball to the guys who have been the most consistent with um the strike zone um you know 85 percent of the time if things are going well maybe 90 even you know so that's that's where you've seen uh things really clean up for us in the win loss
0: call them yeah it's interesting that you you know you answered that that way because drew and i early in the season we're talking about you know your team and the numbers looked good we know the players were good and it's like man why are they they're losing some games here that we would not expect the hawkeyes to be losing but i think you sort of explained it there that you know in baseball too that sometimes you just things don't bounce your way
2: well that that's that's a big part of it too and and then and then throw in the fact that um you know when you play when you play so many games in brutal weather like this spring has been the worst oh, yeah. I've ever been a part of and when we were playing in thirty degree wind chill in Corpus Christi Texas you know and <laughs> I mean I mean and, and the good days were forty five or maybe fifty in in Charleston and and then even in California you're playing we played uh, what four games out there and and three of them were night games and you know the sun goes down out there and it's it's forty eight you know and yeah. the ocean breeze blowing in. Um, and then we we've just dealt with a ton of injuries the the whole year. I mean Isaiah Flahart, who you know is a, one of the better better hitters in the league, uh, broke his hamate bone and had to have it removed like a week before the season started. So we didn't have Isaiah. Yeah. Tyler, you know, we had Tyler Snap penciled in as the starting catcher. You know, one of the one of the one of the best hitters in the league when he's healthy. Um, and he has a disc issue in his back, and he is he tried to hit a little bit, but he hasn't caught at all. I mean, he, you know, we, so we, we haven't had our starting catcher the whole, the whole season. And you look through, we had some catcher mistakes, some errors here, some errors there until, like I said, Tallman has really stepped up and, and solidified it and he's playing, playing really well. And then, um, you know, we, we had right now, we're without Sam Honar. We're without um, Andy Nelson. We just got sure back last week. So we've been doing all this with um, a, a lot of guys that, um you know, we didn't even know would be playing. Right. And, and and they're not only playing, but they're playing extremely well and, and super happy uh, for that.
0: Two of the consistence you've had there in the lineup, Peyton Williams and, and Keaton Anthony, both those guys have been really good for you. And it's probably a good thing that they have stayed healthy because maybe they have been sort of those two yes. anchors offensively.
2: Yeah, they definitely have. And and if that hadn't happened, you know, we would have been in big trouble. and um, You know, you hate to be in a situation where – you know, those two have to be the ones that produce the runs. And, you know, quite frankly, we lost some games because they're not gonna have a great game every game. You know what I mean? We weren't we weren't getting production in a lot of places in the lineup other than those two guys. And if you look at our last ten, um I think we've got eight guys with a on base percentage of over four hundred. We've got like eight guys hitting over three hundred, we're hitting three oh three as a team, team on base at four nineteen. Uh, the fielding percentage is you know over nine eight, um, so that that explains really you know why we've been doing well the the, the consistency when it takes a lot of pressure off of um, Anthony and Williams if you know we're getting some production up and down the line and that's where Moultrer Tallman uh, those guys have really stepped in and then uh, sure sure was hot before he hurt his hamstring and then actually. Uh, came back this weekend and hit a home run on uh, on Friday I believe uh, that, that really helped us in that game and then uh, Michael Seegers has been uh, a lot more consistent at the top as our leadoff guy um, you know just getting some consistent um, you know guys getting on base at least uh, throughout the lineup and and, and then for large back so there wow. you go that that really helps Isaiah's starting to get back close to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was getting some hits when he came back, but he wasn't driving the ball like he normally does. He hit a home run against Rutgers to the pull side, so we're all happy to see that because if he can get going, um, that really helps with protection for for Williams and Anthony.
0: So early in the Big Ten season, we thought, and, and it looks mistakenly so, like it was going to be Rutgers and Maryland and maybe those two teams were going to, to battle at the top and maybe there'd be a separation between them and everybody else. But wouldn't you know it, here we are a month ago in the season and, you know, Illinois is there, uh, Michigan, you guys, you know, have made this charge to get back into the picture. Uh, It's going to be quite the race here over the last month of the season to see how this all shakes out because we've gone from, you know, a, a point in the season where it felt like there were two teams that were clearly the best and maybe those were only going to be the only two NCAA tournament teams, which would have been a real shame to now feeling like there's some real, real depth and talent uh, that is, that is rising at the right time in the big 10, your team being one of those teams. Um, Just from what you've seen, how does, I mean, uh, yeah, there's, there's good teams out there, right? I mean, this is going to be quite a race to the finish.
2: It definitely is. And you can't, you you know, a lot of people this time of year like to look at schedules and who you're playing and, who's got the easiest and all that, which, you know, we all do. Mm -hmm. But, but in our league, I mean, you, you have to play really well to beat anybody. I mean, everybody in the league has guys that can beat you guys on the mound that can beat you. And, and, you know, it, it a lot of us to what you said earlier, it's just baseball. And sometimes the ball didn't bounce your way. I mean, I, we, I look back at our Illinois series and, you know, we win on Friday, we beat Kershiver who's one of the best guys in the league and then, you know, we're we're playing uh in game two. Um you know, we get a we get a check swing from one of their guys that doesn't get called a strike, look at the replay, pretty much you know, a full swing, a bad break, right? <laughs> and then he hits a double and we go thirteen innings and lose, you know. You know, you, you that stuff drives yeah. you bananas if you try to dwell on it. But I mean that's <laughs> how close that's how close that was. Right. And then boom, you know, another, we're two, two in the eighth, and the wheels fall off because of what we talked about with our bullpen, when not having Dylan and some guys you can trust back there. So, um, yeah, I mean, that can happen to any one of us, any weekend, you know, Rutgers was dinged up a little bit this weekend. They were missing some guys, including their catcher. Um, you know, they'll get those guys back and, and, and they're as tough a lineup as we've faced the entire season. We've played a really tough schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, we've went out and played a lot of people and, that is that is a veteran confident aggressive well well balanced team offensively defensively uh on the mound was really impressed with their bullpen guys uh, they did a really nice job um th- that team that team is really good especially when they get uh, a couple of those guys back but but even without those guys toughest lineup we've faced um the entire season um so yeah. With that being said, I know Maryland's good. We don't play them this year,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but 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 you can't. You know, you, I guess I never do this. I mean, we just we just get ready for the next game and do the best we can and prepare and see what happens. Um, because I know in this league, um, you know, you can run into somebody that's hot. You can. Run, I mean, a lot of times it's not who you play; it's when you play them, mm-hmm. and and getting lucky on when you're catching somebody is really important if you're gonna win the championship especially with the unbalanced unfair schedule that we play so uh, all that stuff factors in we just need to continue to try to play sound baseball consistent baseball clean baseball and and give ourselves uh, the best chance we can and you know big rivalry game weekend for us going to nebraska this weekend um you know you can throw out you can throw out all the records whenever we play (laughs) and um you know on the road is not easy in this league. And as you guys well know, and, uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of how I think about it. I mean, it, it is a, a definite, uh, definitely balanced league. Uh, but of the, of the teams that we faced, I mean, Illinois also falls into that, uh, category of really a mature experience, well-rounded, yeah. um, you know, a different offensive team than Rutgers, but equally, uh, as hard to deal with just, guys that get on base one through nine you know don't strike out put the ball in play really battle run play good defense good pitching uh and confident older guys and and uh but but Rutgers Rutgers can can bludgeon you I mean they're, they're the you know they're the team that like like <laughs>
1: yeah. even as
2: well as we did and as well as Mazer and Schultz pitched I mean when they when they one through nine they get their swings off and yeah. you can see on certain days they're just going to they're just going to bury people. And that, if you look at their numbers, that's what they've done too. I mean, throw well, up a lot of double digit numbers.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, Hey, as you mentioned, uh, Nebraska this weekend, uh, you know, the corn Oscars have, have, you know, on paper not been as good as what we expected, but man, uh, like you said, it's a rivalry it's, it's in Lincoln, uh, who knows, uh, what can happen in those kinds of games. Hey, best of luck. Uh, appreciate you, uh, coming on the, the program. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully you'll finish this thing out strong. Appreciate the time.
2: No, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, Al.
0: That's Rick Heller, the ninth-year head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes, joining us on the podcast. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017, The Hammer. Thanks again to Rick Heller for joining us on the podcast. Let's hit the weekend rotation. The three items that we are talking about as we head into the weekend. Topic number one, Drew, is the NCAA regional. Man, it was only a couple of weeks ago that that you know D1 baseball had three teams in, and we thought it was questionable with Michigan. The other two, of course, being Rutgers and Maryland. I think you feel good about the Scarlet Knights and the Terrapins. I mean, clearly, I think, you know, Rutgers has to keep winning. I, I don't, even though they lost two of three over the weekend, I don't see any reason to think that uh, they're going to fall off a cliff like they did last year. But, man, it, it feels like the other three, Michigan, as you mentioned, the schedule is beneficial to the Wolverines in just simply picking up, you mentioned this before, right? just simply picking up uh, victories Um, And, you know, the Wolverines are doing that. Uh, And then Illinois and and Iowa, I I think, you know, both of those teams, you know, building resumes that will put them at least in the conversation for an NCAA regional. And suddenly, you know, you're talking about the possibility of having five teams in from the Big Ten. I don't think there are any beyond that.
1: No, I don't think so either. But I mean, you look at these five teams, and the question that comes up in my mind is: Okay, who are you lo- who who are you leaving out? You've got Maryland and Rutgers. Are you leaving them out? I, I think they're pretty solidly in right now. You've got Iowa and Illinois, who we just got talk- done talking about how easy their schedule is. Or schedules are down the stretch comparatively. Up comparatively. So, are you leaving them out? Maybe. So that leaves Michigan is maybe the the most vulnerable. Vulnerable.
0: Yeah, because of and, the last two series. Because what and, if they go? What if they go like one and five? Right. Those last. So two So they series?
1: have to. But but their schedule works out in a way that. You know, it's up to it's it's up to they're in control. It's up to them. They got this quote easy schedule for these twelve games, which they're halfway through, and then all of a sudden at the end, they've got Maryland and Rutgers. So they've got an opportunity to. Either be a bubble team or not be a bubble bubble team, right? Yeah. They, they just got to win. If they win against Maryland and Rutgers, they got to win some games there. Yeah, they're going to play themselves right in. Yeah, if they lose games there, they're going to play themselves right out. That's the that's that's it. I mean, it's it's going to come down to six games for Michigan. It might be
0: hard to get five teams in because of you know teams elsewhere. So the Big Ten tournament will be intriguing because we have seen it before where. You know, Michigan in 2000, was a Michigan 2018 sort of scuffled down the stretch and, um, you know, Purdue beat them toward the end of the regular season at Alexander. And then I think maybe they won a game, but that's about it in the Big Ten tournament. And they did not get in that right. year. And you, you felt like maybe had they won a game or two or more in the Big Ten tournament, they could have gotten. So we have seen that. Where, you know, teams have used that Big Ten tournament, and it is, you know, back this year, as a late, whereas maybe it doesn't matter in uh, basketball, the conference tournaments, it feels like it does matter, at least it feels like that from, from recent history, that it does matter in baseball, so that will be intriguing in Omaha. Has Michigan
1: found themselves on the bubble, like, every year the last six years? I mean, um, what year were they solidly just in the tournament? Well, I
0: don't know that, I don't know that you say, I mean, how many teams in the big 10 though, they can, can you say that about where you were just like, they're solidly. Yeah. You know, Illinois a few years ago. Um, you know, Indiana's probably had a couple of years where you felt like the Hoosiers were solidly in.
1: Yeah. You might be right there, but. You know, you know, Minnesota. No Minnesota. Well, Minnesota
0: won the automatic bid, but that Minnesota team in in 2018 was was in. Um, I see what you're saying though. Uh, let's hit uh, topic number two. Who can make the biggest move this weekend? I think when you ask that question, Drew, you have to look toward those seven, eight, nine, ten teams in the Big Ten. And trying to solidify a spot in the seven or eight position, um, I mean, if like Purdue for instance, if you're Purdue with the schedule that the Boilermakers have here down the stretch, you almost have to find a way to win a game or two against Michigan. You must, yeah, because Penn State is out of conference versus Omaha this weekend. The Nittany Lions beat you, Purdue, two of three games in Happy Valley. You have got to start to pick up victories, and and really, it's not just Purdue in that place. I think Indiana. You look at Indiana. Indiana has got to win games this weekend.
1: Yeah, because I think you look at all the rest of those teams that are bunched up there, right there around eight, and they all have tough series. Northwestern's at Maryland. uh, Nebraska against Iowa, and then there's IU against Illinois. And so I think for these teams, Purdue and Purdue against Michigan, obviously. So for Purdue and IU. You've got an opportunity here. You've got to win a couple of games, and if you can, you put yourself in a good spot. If you don't, then it might, you know it's going to be really tough down the stretch.
0: Yeah. All right. What are you watching uh, this weekend? I-, I think you know that's a little bit where the intrigue is because uh, the leaders should stay the leaders this week. I-, I guess it's just a matter of does somebody slip up somewhere? Does Rutgers lose a game at Ohio State? Right. You know, does what well, what happens in that Northwestern Maryland series? The Turps should have an advantage, but what happens if you know Northwestern's got two good starters that can match up against Maryland's two good starters? What happens if Northwestern wins to Illinois at Indiana, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan at Purdue, which will of course be at Alexander? The Iowa Nebraska one is is sort of interesting as you look at the rest of the Hawkeyes' schedule after this weekend,
1: right? Because this is their toughest. Yeah. series remaining I think at Nebraska and then at uh or at home against Purdue and then at Michigan State and Indiana so you get past you survive this weekend yeah and if you're Iowa I think you're feeling pretty good yeah so it's an important series to watch
0: yeah and then we turn to some big uh series the weekend after that so we will uh of course break into all of that on the podcast next week all right that'll do it for our show for this week thanks again to Rick Heller for coming on the podcast. We do appreciate his time. We'll be back again uh next week. We'll drop this at the same time, mid morning on Tuesdays. We do appreciate you listening. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of one oh one seven The Hammer. Yeah!